Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Ooh, some little bit of late news that affects the Boston Celtics. And that means they're not going to be without another, or they're going to be without another player tonight. Will the other two return? It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio in for Greeny today. Also on Sirius XM Channel 80 and on your smart speaker, Chris, just in the last few minutes, Tim Bontemps uh, tweeting out the Celtics have said Derek White not available for tonight's game two due to personal reasons. So it's not health and safety protocols, it's personal reasons. He also says Marcus Smart is expected to return for game two after he missed game one. Nothing yet on Al Horford, but it's certainly not sounding like Al Horford's going to be able to clear health and safety protocols yet. No, Brian Winhor said that it's it's not one of those situations where we're expecting Horford to be an option in game two and that right now the biggest question is whether he'll be available in game three for Saturday. So that, 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 uh, for Friday, excuse me. So that's the thing that we have to look at. But um, um, I'm just looking at this situation with Derek White potentially being out for the Celtics and thinking to myself, the Miami Heat have got to be licking their chops because now you're talking about seeing more of Peyton Pritchard. And we saw how many actions that Eric Spolstra put Peyton Pritchard in on the defensive end because they felt like that was a matchup that the Heat offense could exploit. So it seems like that's one of those things that's going to be unavoidable now with Derek White being out of the lineup and Marcus Smart being hobbled a little bit. So, you know, Celtics fans, buckle up because this is going to be a tough one. Uh, There's no way that you're going to be able to hide Peyton Pritchard. He's going to be a part of your rotation. And for all of the good things that he does offensively, he gives all of that back with him being a liability on the defensive end. Well, he's a target. He's a target um, on the defensive end. And the statistic the other night, in the fourth quarter, they went at him 12 times where he was the primary defender. And on those 12 possessions, the Heat were averaging two points per possession. In other words, they were just torching him. And there was not much that they could do about that. And if you had Marcus Smart back and Derek White, then okay, you can remove that from the equation but as you just pointed out and detailed, this now becomes a, a much bigger issue. So how do they try to find a way to handle this? Because this is now, I mean, they're dropping like flies all of a sudden for the Celtics. Yeah, I don't know how they handle it, Carlin. This is going to be really, really interesting to see what they end up doing and how they try to offset the absence of Derek White and deal with Marcus Smart being compromised I think a lot of it's going to come down to how Marcus Smart plays. And if he feels good on that foot sprain, and it's not outside of the realm of possibility that Ime Adoka, the Celtics head coach, decides he's going to ride him um, and play him 30-plus minutes in this game. I would not be surprised if I see him extend Marcus Smart in that way just because you understand how much of a deficit Peyton Pritchard puts you on the defensive end. And for the Boston Celtics, it all starts with their defense. If you look at the first half of game one with the Heat, It started with their defense, being able to get stops, being able to rebound and then get out and transition, getting your offense a little bit of a rhythm. That's the formula for success. Unfortunately, the Miami Heat use the same game plan, and so that's the thing that you have to watch for. And and Peyton Pritchett puts you in in, in a little bit of a way because you're not going to be able to be as effective on the defensive end. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. So now, listen, we're saying an hour ago as we're talking about this game leading up to game two. Does this now change anything for you 
for the Celtics tonight. I mean, I, to me, it just it, it all depends on how effective Marcus Smart is going to be because it sounds in every way like he's going to be back out there. If he's 80%, then I think the Celtics can still be okay, even though Pritchard is going to be a target. But I, I wouldn't say yet that it really affects anything for me as far as expecting the Celtics to win this game tonight. Well, here's what I'll say. If Marcus Smart is out there, then it allows the Celtics defensively to play more the way they want to play, which is switching all of the ball screens, which Miami did a hell of a lot of in in game one. 81 ball screens from Miami in game one. Yet the Celtics only switched 27% of them, which is the lowest percentage in any game that they've played throughout the playoffs. So Miami took them out of their element, but I think that's more – uh, due to the personnel that was available to him because you didn't have Al Horford. So that means Daniel Tice or Robert Williams. Those guys have to be in drop coverage against those types of pick-and-roll actions. But then also not having Marcus Smart, I mean, who can defend pretty much anybody that's on the court. He'll even go down in the paint and mix it up with big guys sometimes. So I think having Marcus Smart out there allows them to lean into the identity that they forged throughout this season on the defensive end. And so you're hoping – that Marcus Smart is not compromised, uh, where he can't be the version of himself that allows the Celtics to play up to their potential, what we've seen them do throughout the course of these playoffs. Tonight, though, Jason Tatum, let's see Jason Tatum. You know, we have elevated him with what he has done so far through these playoffs and what he has done through his career so far. But, Chris, this is now, what, his third conference finals? This is is where you need to start to see – Jason Tatum take a team to the next level. And this team is more than capable of going to that next level from what we have seen through the first couple of series. Yeah, no shame. Here's the thing, Carlin. There was no shame in Jason Tatum losing to a LeBron James-led Cavs team in the conference finals once upon a time. There really wasn't any shame in Jason Tatum losing to the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Gordon Dragic in the bubble. Because that was a, a good team. It was a veteran team. And Tatum was, what, 22 years old? Mm-hmm. But now we're talking about him being a couple of years removed from that, this being his third opportunity, him being vaulted into superstar territory because he's gone through KD and Kyrie, because he's gone through Giannis and the Bucks. This seems like it's the time where Tatum is supposed to take that next step. And everybody will say to themselves, Tatum is the best player on the court in this series. It sure didn't look like that in game one. It looked no, like it Jimmy did not. But- it looked like Jimmy Butler was the best player. So Jason Tatum is going to have to respond in order to get his team where everybody thinks they should be. Now, that's easier said than done. But to me, this is an opportunity to go out and prove it. If you're a top five player in the world, then based on your supporting cast and what the Miami Heat are bringing to the party, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to get to the NBA Finals. No, you, there's, there's no reason. I still don't know if it'll knock him out of that top five for me if they don't win this series. But more than anything, Chris, all right, your team's up against it now. White's not there. You've got a a compromised Marcus Smart, and you are still without Al Horford. We saw what he was capable of doing in game six against the Bucs, where he went absolutely nuts as Giannis was doing the same, and he was better in the moment. He was better in the moment. This is a game tonight where you have to get out of Miami by winning one of these two games, and Jason Tatum has to now take this game over tonight to me. Jason Tatum has to be 
that superstar player this evening for the Celtics to really uh, just still be in a really good spot? Because, listen, I still think they can win the series going down two games to none, especially if these guys are all back and healthier. Yeah. But I don't want to find out if that's really what they're going to have to do to, to get there. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to take those chances with the way no. that Jimmy Butler is. Playing. This is a Tatum game tonight. It's a Tatum game. Go win it. Well, it has to be a Tatum game, but it's not just him as a scorer, but it's him also getting his teammates involved and picking his choosing his spots because Miami's not going to make it easy on him, and that's the thing that they've got to know going into this. This is not going to be a situation where you can just bounce back and win after a loss because every other team in the playoff field has allowed you to do that. That's not the kind of team this Miami Heat squad is, and so they've got to be prepared for the intensity, the overall physicality, and that was one of the things that Ime said after their game one loss. And so for me, all of that stuff starts with Jason Tatum. And Carlin, i got to ask you this question because we're sitting here talking about what it means for Tatum if he can't get out of this series and get to the NBA Finals. Does it say more about Tatum if the Boston Celtics lose this series or does it say more about Jimmy Butler if the Miami Heat win this series? It'll say more about Butler. It'll say more about Butler. It'll say more at that point. I will finally give the Miami Heat some credit, and mm-hmm. I will. And I've actually been a Jimmy Butler guy for a very, very long time. I just I don't know that he's on that next level. The thing is, if they were to take this series from the Celtics and make it to the finals, I don't know how I don't make it more about Butler and his greatness because we both believe before this series started for the Cel- or for the Heat to win this series. Butler was going to have to play out of his head. He did in game one, and I would expect that if they win this series, Butler will be you know, averaging in the low to mid-30s if they were to win this series. Well, he's averaging 28 points a game in the playoffs, and yeah. he's got three 40-point performances, including game one of the conference finals. Yep. So it's not outside of the realm of possibility that Jimmy Buckets is going to do that, but this is a guy that turns it on once we get to the postseason. I told you, uh, you know, we, we had a show earlier this week. Jimmy Butler didn't have any 40-point games in the entire regular season. So for him to understand the moment, to have the awareness of what his team needs and give it to you on both ends of the court, we absolutely have to start putting him up in that conversation of whether or not he belongs in the top ten. And, and here's the thing, Carlin. We're talking about a guy that might not make one of the three all-NBA teams. He might not. Yeah, that, That's crazy to think that people wouldn't think that he's a top 15 player, yet his team is in the conference finals, and he was by far, in a way, the best player in game one of the conference finals. So really interesting to watch what happens with Jimmy Butler and the conversations, the narratives around him as we move through this series. But to me, I mean, it's got to be about Jason Tatum, and this postseason has all been about Jason Tatum, and we talked about the road that he would have to go through to get to the NBA finals. If he were to fall short after the first two rounds – man, that would be a blow to how people view him in terms of being a bona fide superstar if he can't best what we're seeing from Jimmy Butler. It's funny. Maybe it's just me being stubborn, but when I hear that you're going to get Marcus Smart back tonight, I I don't expect the Heat to win this game. I still expect, even if he's not 100%, the Boston Celtics to win game two tonight. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, and now a no-frills ad brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Here it is. You can save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That's it. See? Just a good old-fashioned, straightforward ad. See if you can save. (laughs) 
at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE.COM. Or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or at Progressive.com. Your chuckle threw me off there. But that's no, what don't, don't, start, don't start blaming me for you coming up short. Oh. Don't be a bad teammate. There's going to be a lot a of finger guy, pointing, not a, a lot of teammate. thumb pointing on this show. Yeah, I can, I can tell. I can yep. tell. You're that, you're that guy, Carlin. Up next, somebody else is pointing a finger, and this guy's a Hall of Fame coach, one of the all-time greats, not interested in taking any responsibility. Who are we talking about? Find out next. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. We have got scorched earth in the SEC. Scorched earth, I say. In the last few minutes, a lot of responding to a Hall of Fame head coach's comments. You get them in 30 seconds. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 products. 303's revolutionary graphene nano-spray coating provides up to 12 months of protection for your car's paint. While their newest product... 303 Graphene Detailer can be used more regularly for extra protection, slickness, and shine, and can even be used as a quick cleanup in between car washes. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. That is 303radio.com. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. On ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, if you missed it yesterday, Nick Saban on a panel, not happy about what's going on in name, image, and likeness right now. Listen to the coach, first of all, talk about his SEC rival, Texas A&M. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. Oh, boy. Bought every player. He wasn't done. He went after Deion Sanders. We have a rule right now that says you cannot use name, image, and likeness to entice a player to come to your school. Hell, read about it in the paper. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division One player to come to school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. So here is the response. Deion Sanders is going to respond formally today, but basically said uh, that is a flat-out lie told by Nick Saban, his Affleck commercial buddy, by the way. (laughs) And 
Even Travis Hunter said today, I got a mill, but my mom is still staying in a three-bedroom house with five kids. And then, and then, Chris, we're not even done. Because a press conference held just a few minutes ago by Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, he came out swinging at Nick Saban. Used the word despicable several times. He's showing you who he is. He just absolutely went off on him. When you walk on water, it doesn't matter if he's a football god. Why don't you dig into his past a little bit and all all that kind of stuff. I don't cheat. I don't lie. I don't mind confrontation. Wow. This is getting ugly, Chris. They do not like this coming from the name, image, and likeness of the idea and that they are cheating. Yeah, it's a lot of mudslinging going on in the landscape of college football, Carl, and it's coming from frustration because these coaches recognize that they're not going to be able to have the institutional control that they once did over these players. And I, for one, don't feel sorry for them. Now, I'll say this. I think it's absolutely laughable that Nick Saban thinks he can stand on some kind of moral high ground (laughs) and say that he's doing things the right way and other people around college football are doing things the wrong way, how they had 25 guys on their team qualify for name, image, and likeness, and we paid them the right way. Uh, Carlin, Bryce Young, the quarterback for Alabama, had a seven-figure NIL deal before he even took a snap last year. Like, I mean, I, I, you say you're doing things the right way, but to me it's, it's semantics when it comes to everything that Nick Saban is saying. Because ultimately, these colleges, these universities are directing boosters or these other entities to compensate these kids for what they put together on the field. Now, there's no way to be able to prove it, which is why the NCAA's hands are tied right now. But my point is that I would make to Nick Saban, that I would make to Lane Kiffin, that I would say to any of these coaches in these revenue-producing sports in college, in, in, in college athletics, like this is something that we've seen coming for a long time. And the fact that the NCAA wasn't proactive in putting together provisions and, you know, guidelines, rules to be able to govern how NIL would work is why they find themselves in this position. So good on the players for being able to monetize their athletic ability at an earlier age. And to the coaches, I would say now that you're getting, you know, 10 plus million dollars or north of 10 plus million dollars in Nick Saban's case every year to coach these kids, go earn your money now. Go continue to earn your money, not only coaching the kids on the sideline, but recruiting the kids in high school, the kids in prep, but also the kids that are on your program and getting them to buy into your vision for their future and the program's future. And by the way, the NIL is not even about how it's going to affect Alabama. It's about how it's going to affect much smaller schools. Like, look at Pittsburgh. They just lost the Bolitnikoff Award winner to the transfer portal, and he rumored he is rumored to have a deal at USC that could be worth two million and a house and a car. I mean, but Carlin, this has been going on forever in absolutely college football, it has in big time college sports. This is what it is, and, and here's the other thing: that he, I, but I, the, I don't, the hypocrisy I don't, is what I kills me here. Chris. I don't like the implication from Nick Saban because he's saying that Jackson State paid a guy. First of all, it's not the schools that are paying these kids; it's the booster clubs that are paying them. Yep. It's these companies that are paying them. It's not the schools. So you want to blame Texas A&M, you want to blame Jackson State University. What you're doing is you're pointing the finger at their alumni base. You're pointing the finger at people that are fans of those programs. Don't point the finger at the kid, and don't point the finger at the other head coach, okay? Because Nick Saban has engaged in all of the other recruiting tactics that every other single coach out there in the college football landscape has. Nothing 
is new under the sun when it comes to what's been happening right now with NIL. It's just now the players are allowed to profit off of it in a way that's very, very public. Whereas in the past, it's been under the table. So go find other ways to be creative. Go find other ways for your boosters, who are not lacking in money by any stretch, to go and pay these guys what they're worth to make sure that, that you're getting those guys. What, what Nick Saban is basically saying is, I can't be the dominant coach that I am without my advantages, and now you're taking away all of my advantages. At least that's what you're trying to do. And to suggest for any of these coaches... Yeah, any of the these lane, coaches the lane, to point the, the finger part at one of it another. is really slimy too, Carlin. Like huh? the Lane Kiffin part of it is all slimy too. Oh, like, please. Who is, who is Lane Kiffin to be saying, well, you know, well, Texas Lane Kiffin should is never gonna, speak is gonna go on over the luxury like tax? I'm sorry, is this the same Lane Kiffin that took a picture in front of his Rolls Royce truck, and I say that in air quotes, with a college recruit? Yep. That's the same Lane Kiffin that did that a couple of months ago? I'm going to leave for Lane Kiffin to have several seats when it comes to this kind of stuff. Because this has not necessarily been a coach that's operated above board when he's got the job as the head man in college football. But Chris, let's call it like it is, okay? None of them should speak about how unfair this is. None of them should. Because no, because you know what, Carter? Another, it's been unfair to the kids for decades. Yes. The only one in this whole machine that is college football this big-time, billion-dollar industry, the only individuals that haven't been able to profit off of it are the individuals that are actually the product, the players. They don't get anything from it. The schools get paid. The athletic departments get paid. The ADs get paid. The coaching staffs get paid. Everybody gets paid except for the kids that are actually putting in the work on the field. That's why I don't feel sorry about people trying to navigate NIL now and not having any idea how to do it. I don't feel bad for coaches that struggle with recruiting or retention of their players. You know why? Because so long, coaches have been allowed to dictate where these players go. And if a player goes to your program and doesn't want to stay there, guess what they could do back in the day, Carlin, before there was a transfer portal? They could say, you're not transferring to any of these schools in this conference, and you're not transferring to any of these other schools. Nick Saban did it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Nick Saban did it. Now, this was supposed to be, quote-unquote, amateurism. This is supposed to be about a kid that is not only playing sports, but trying to work toward a college degree. And you're telling them where they can and cannot go to school. Or, Chris, the other thing you could do is if a player was not living up to your expectations of him on the field, he can't transfer to his choice of school, but you could run him off. I mean, you could run him off easily. And, and get him to go somewhere else. It, For me, it's just sickening across the board. And these kids should be allowed to profit off of it. But I also don't love the idea of get, giving more boosters more power involved in all this stuff and them forming these collectives. It's absolutely insane. Well, across they've already, the board. They've already had the power, Carlin. That's yeah. why I don't, I don't care. It's already been there. It, it, kids have already been making money. So now... Everything is above the table, and and people have more of an idea of what's actually going on, the truth of what's happening. So I don't have a problem with it. At the end of it, it's the kids that are getting paid, and they should have been getting paid a long, long time ago. I wish this was around 20 years ago because I'd be able to benefit from it. But, I mean, that's that's ultimately what it comes down to, the kids being able to profit off of their athletic ability because guess what? 
Everybody else is profiting off of their athletic ability. According to research, 90% of employers plan to enhance their employee experience this year. If you need to add more employees, there's ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. Is Nick Saban right or is he out of his mind and all the other coaches going after him? Are they right? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It's Canty and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Earlier today on Greeny. Celtics win tonight for me. Same for you? Yeah. Celtics. They've been so good after losses, I'm not going to bet against them. And look. If they go down two games to none and Smart is nowhere near uh, what he needs to be, then they've got a problem on their hands. But until I see that happen, I I think Smart coming back tonight, that's going to make all the difference in the world for the Celtics. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. That's your weekly rewind brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Now, just a little while after that, we found out Marcus Smart is likely to return tonight. We don't have an update as of yet on Al Horford, but it certainly doesn't sound like he's going to return from health and safety protocols. He is still listed as doubtful. And Derek White for the Celtics is going to miss the game tonight due to personal reasons. So as much as that would have made a a huge difference to have Smart and White both there defensively, and now you still have to deal with the the Peyton Pritchard problem on the defensive end, Chris, uh, I still believe that Smart getting upgraded to probable yesterday just puts them in a really good spot. It, It wasn't a questionable thing. It wasn't a, hey, we'll see what happens or any of that. It was... He is now probable, and that makes me think that he took a major jump yesterday in how he was feeling after he couldn't do anything basketball-related the other night. Or he recognizes the urgency that the Boston Celtics need to have in trying to get one of these first two games down in Miami. Because let's face it, Carlin, the Heat are not a team that you want to have to win for the next five in the series, and that would be the case if the Celtics go down 0-2. So I, I just think that the entire group recognizes how important Marcus Smart is to their team's success, not only on the defensive end, but on the offensive end. One of the biggest issues that they found in game one was being able to set up the offense in the second half. 
all of the live ball turnovers by Jason Tatum, those led to points for the Miami Heat. And you're talking about the Heat starting that second half on a 22-2 run on their way to outscoring the Celtics 39-14 to 14 in the in third quarter. So that's something that's got to get cleaned up. You can't have eight turnovers in a quarter against a team like the Miami Heat. Marcus Smart is certainly going to help out in that regard. But not having Derek White available is a big blow because that means that you still got to play heavy minutes to Peyton Pitcher. We hear from Jimbo Fisher. Explosive comments toward Nick Saban in just 30 seconds and an update on Max Scherzer and his situation. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good, really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes hotspot and nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. The latest on Scherzer. No up Update as of yet on his health. He has had the MRI, but the Mets are waiting for all of the appropriate doctors to look at them before they say anything publicly about what's going on there. So we'll keep you updated on that. Meanwhile, we were talking about this just a few minutes ago that Nick Saban made his comments yesterday that Texas AM quote bought all their players this year through NIL deals. Jimbo Fisher had something to say about it just a little while ago. First of all, I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. And they broke state laws. They're, they're, they're all money. They're, we bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen, and it's ridiculous. But when, when he's not on top, and the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you've got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families and Texas A&M because we do things right, we're always going to do things right. But we're not. We're always going to be here. Wow. Mm. Well, Those are some spicy comments. No, very, very spicy. But but here's the thing. I, I hate I hate siding with Jimbo on anything because the thought of nobody's you know, ethics, cleaning this. The thought of ethics being the priority for him <laughs> at Texas A and M is laughable. But oh, the poor kids. But he does make a, a good point when he talks about Nick Saban casting aspersions on you know these high school kids or these college transfer kids that want to come be a part of the Aggies program. It, it's not right what Nick Saban did without any evidence, anything concrete, anything material that he can lean on. Like, if he's coming with the receipts, that's one thing, but that's not what Nick Saban is doing. What he's saying is, well, the only way that Texas A&M would be able to have a better recruiting class than I would is if Jimbo Fisher decided that he was going to buy all of these kids that I was actually recruiting myself. So it does sound a little bit like sour grapes in for – Nick Saban to take this kind of tact in, in trying to point out a larger issue with NIL, it just, it just 
it, 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 it screams of the old man saying, get off my lawn. And that's what it feels like. And it's hard for me to get past that because I'm glad we're at the point. And I think a lot of people are glad we're at the point where the workforce in big time college athletics can actually reap some of the benefits of what they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, look, for Saban, to me, this is just, oh, things are getting evened out. I can't be as dominant. Oh, they, something must be wrong. Something must be wrong. Come on. Let's hear more from Jimbo. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. <laughs> mm. Despicable. Well, look at, I mean, listen, there's, there's no shortage of mud to sling when it comes to these two head coaches. And they've been very competitive, Carlin. I mean, Nick Saban got seven national championships, so he's the guy that's the king of the hill, and everybody is going to take op- every opportunity to take shots at him. But the reality is that everybody wants their program to have that kind of performance and to have that kind of standard. And, you know, anytime Nick Saban decides that he's going to come down off his, off his perch, and take shots at those guys, they're going to absolutely fire back, and that's what Jimbo is doing. So I don't fault Jimbo for, for, for doing what he's doing, but we got to be honest about what's going on here. Everybody is in it to, to see what they can get from it, and now the kids are getting on the act as well, and the college coaches are having a problem with it because they can't maintain the same institutional control that they once had. That's the biggest issue, Carlin. They've got to do more work now. It's not just about getting the players. It's also about keeping the players. And it makes it a lot harder when you have the transfer portal and you have this NIL money that's there to be had for all of these kids. Look, I, for me, it's just it's, it's Saban complaining because the field is getting leveled a little bit. And if you don't think that every university football program and major athletic program isn't going to find every way – to work around the rules and get this more legally involved and be a part of what uh, they're doing in their recruiting, you're nuts. I mean, it was going on behind the scenes anyway. So Carlin, now, Carlin, wasn't the fact that people are doing ago, this above board, I, I have no issue with this. Carlin, wasn't it 40 years ago when you had Pony Excess, like Pony Express? The Pony SMU Express, with yeah, and Pony Excess, exactly. Eric Dickerson, like, I mean, yeah. it's like, this has been going on forever in college sports. So, I mean, it's not like this is something new. It's just now with, quote, unquote, name, image, and likeness, these players are able to talk about the bag that they're getting from these entities associated with these programs in a very public way. And people are blushing now because they're looking at the dollar amounts that, that are attached to, you know, what these kids are bringing to the table. But, Carlin, I'll say this. Think about what the coaches have been getting forever in college sports. Look at what, what, the, what Brian Kelly just got to go be the head coach at LSU and to leave Notre Dame. You're talking about eight-figure salaries, Carlin. That, that's table stakes now if you're at a major Power Five program. Why, why can't the kids have a half a million dollar or a million dollar NIL deal? I, I don't see the downside when it's the kid that's out there that's actually in harm's way putting it on the line in order for the program to generate revenue. just right. doesn't make sense to me that these coaches are sitting here bickering about it when they're all doing the same things and they're trying to point to a vehicle that finally allows for the kids to get played 
as the bad guy or the villain in all of this. I, I just don't like it. It seems very icky, very slimy, and it's wrong that Nick Saban is casting aspersion on these kids coming out of high school and their families. That part, Jimbo Fisher got right. Well, I think Jimbo framed it that way, but more of them were pointed toward A&M. But I want to hear from some of the fans on this because this has elicited a reaction, as you would expect. Let's hit the phones at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Here is Ed up first on Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. What's going on, Ed? Yes, I, I, I just wanted to say I agree wholeheartedly with everything that y'all are saying. Uh, Nick Saban uh, talking about uh, he doesn't want this to be part of it. Uh, I, I live here in Auburn, and uh, last year during recruiting season, he let it slip out during a visit to Texas that, oh, one of his – he was talking about Bryce Young, of course. Well, one of my players just signed a high, you know, six-figure deal. Uh, you know, so, so he is just exactly what you're saying. He is mad that the – the, the playing field is leveling. And uh, let me tell you, let me just ask you to make an analogy, and I'll hang up real quick and, and ask you just please to respond. I'm listening. But if you gave four NFL teams whatever teams you wanted to, you said you're going to get 80% of the best talent in the NFL. How many of those teams you think would make the playoffs? <laughs> I, I think you're answering your own question. Mm-hmm. I, I think we, we know what the answer to that is. And listen, they don't get 80%, but they get more than their share, and they always have. And th- the one thing that I'm always going to have trouble with here, Christo, is every uh, – yes, Nick's wrong for saying what he said. And I get it that Jimbo yeah. Fisher's going to get chapped. But any any program here, any one of them, you could absolutely dig into, and this would be an issue. Anyone. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Carlin. And and so I think we have to accept that as college football fans and and know that this is going to be the way of the world moving forward. There's no going back from this. This is is the new normal when it comes to college football, recruiting, player retention. NIL is going to be a part of the equation, and they just need to accept it. And the NCAA needs to find a way to get involved in terms of creating some guidelines, creating some parameters. So that you protect these kids and you protect these programs from being exploited because of the amount of money that's out there. But, yeah, make no mistake, college football programs and coaches have been benefiting from, you know, a, a free labor system for a really long time and hiding behind the guise of amateurism when it's never been about promoting the student aspect of student, student, student athletes. It's always about the program being able to continue to move forward and generate more revenue. And so I'm glad – that these kids can finally get something out of the deal, Carlin, because Lord knows that these college coaches, they haven't been prioritizing education when it comes to bringing these kids into the programs. And so now it's not just about the, the you know, selling them a scholarship and, and being able to get a degree. It's actually about them being able to profit off of what they're doing on the football field. And I'm happy for it because it's time for it. NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight. Game two of the Eastern Conference Finals is a Heat host the Celtics, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, presented by Progressive. Look, it's it's going to be a story. There's no doubt it's going to continue, especially as chippy as this got. 
One last thing. Can I get a quick Tiger watch? That, of course, was put together by Peter Rosenberg. Tiger watch. Tiger watch. Through nine, he is even, and he's got a little bit more of a limp to him right now. Looks like he's using the putter as a bit of a, you know, support cane-ish type thing uh, at times at Southern Hills, the PGA Championship. It's on ESPN Plus right now. Canty and Carlin in for Green the ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. <laughs> 